Good morning, and welcome to Northminster. Whoever you are, or wherever you're streaming this right now, we are so glad that you are here. Whether you're watching with family, or friends, or whether you're on your own, please hear this first and foremost. You are not alone. You are a unique and indispensable member of the body of Christ wherever you are. This is your birthright. It's who you truly are. And no amount of social distance can change that. This is new territory for us, and despite the uncertain times that have led us here, we are keeping a positive outlook, and we hope you will too. It may be that we'll find new avenues for our community life together that we never would have thought to explore. It may be that you find you really prefer the version of us you can press pause on. Go ahead, try it out. On that note, we do want you to know that you can pause or rewind this recording at any point if there's anything you miss or if there's a moment you'd like to spend a little more time with. The pace of the service will obviously be different in this new format. There will be time for guided contemplation and prayer, and you also have the benefit of connecting with those who are watching on the same platform as you through the chat feature. Think of it as passing notes in church, except sanctioned by the pastor. On a technical note, if something goes wrong with the feed on our end or yours, don't panic. This is recording as it goes, so you'll be able to pick it back up wherever you left off. You won't miss anything. Just as a reminder, all of our usual activities at the church are suspended for the time being. So that means no business meeting tonight, no book study or choir practice on Wednesday. Remember that our aim here is to love our neighbors well. And to do that, we have to do our part to flatten the curve. At this point, we haven't made any long-term decisions about how long we'll suspend in-person gatherings. It will likely be at least a few weeks, but the Coordinating Council is taking the decision one week at a time, and we will keep you informed as we go. And another reminder, as we've mentioned in our messages, we've made the decision to continue paying staff, choral scholars, and childcare workers who depend on this income, even though we're not meeting in person. So please, if you haven't already, take a moment to donate. If you believe in our mission to keep this going, to continue to offer a safe place for online community, reminders that you belong and that you were made in the image of God, then please use the link in the description to give. It feels like another lifetime, but two weeks ago, when Lent began, we set out as a church on a journey confronting the stories that the church throughout history had told about sex and sexuality. We committed to being uncomfortable together for all of our sakes and for the sake of telling a more healing and whole story going forward. As the rapid spread of the coronavirus took over the news cycle this week, it became clear that for the sake of our community, business as usual would have to grind to a halt. But rather than calling off this shared work of the season of Lent, I believe that as we are now spread out across our city and our region, 
separated from one another in person, if not in spirit, it is more important than ever that we continue on our journey, that we use this virtual time together to remember who we are and what it is that we are about. So, I can't say that this is the sermon I was going to preach this week. The topic for today was going to be a response to the narrative of biblical manhood and womanhood, a strain of evangelical culture that relies heavily on the story of Adam and Eve for its grounding and rigidly defines the roles of men and women according to one interpretation of that story. This isn't that sermon, but it comes from the same place. It also comes from the place within me that struggled so much with the decision to postpone this weekend's performance of Daughters of Eve, a project that has been so close to my heart. So, in the spirit of that performance, and with this theme in mind, I want to offer now a reflection from the perspective of the woman in our gospel text for today, the one often known as the bleeding woman. May we hear echoes of her story in our own. Mine is the most female of afflictions. I had a cousin with leprosy, and I'm not saying my situation is worse, but at least her father knew how to talk to her about what was wrong with her. At least they could all acknowledge the pain, could look her in the eye as they cast her away. My pain is shrouded in secrecy. It is unmentionable. It is a female concern. And I've nearly forgotten what life was like before. Twelve years of this isolation. Years of watching my daughter grow into a woman herself. Years of longing to give my husband another child, but the bleeding would not stop. And now my husband is dead. He was a zealot. He didn't like that word much, but he believed in the promises of God. He believed that our day of liberation was upon us. I think maybe he needed something to believe in because our future was nothing like what he'd hoped. It's certainly not what I asked for. Friends and relatives, even the women, don't want much to do with me. It's not just my condition anymore. I myself am taboo. Even the ones who do visit me stay across the room to avoid the impurity of accidentally brushing my hand with their own. That's why I can't go out in crowds anymore. 
When all this first began, I used to love the anonymity of wandering the streets, winding in and out of a crowd of unfamiliar faces. No one to recognize me and tell me I should really get back inside. But this disease has become synonymous with my existence. Twelve years of this, everyone knows now who I am. No one has touched me in weeks. If they saw me among them, they would jeer until I turned and ran. It would almost be worth braving the pain of the disdain on their faces just for the chance that one person might grab my wrist and pull me from the crowd. I am alone. It is not good that we should be alone. I've had the book of beginnings on my mind. The Garden of Eden, the fruit, the snake, the woman created in the image of God. You know, before she ever did anything else, the woman, Eve, brought relationship into this world. With her first breath, she created the possibility of connection. That's not what our rabbis say. But their wives do. I was raised in the synagogue. I know all the stories. I've heard them so often I could recite them even as a girl. But I've never known what to do with this woman, the first the first to breathe, the first to bear a child, the first to bleed, the first to reach out in longing to try to pluck from the future a different story than the one she had been assigned. I imagine her hand reaching out and it looks like my own. They say that the traveling rabbi, Jesus, can work miracles. They say he has healed the blind and the deaf, that he has made the lame to walk. They say he is breaking all the rules, that he's turning the law on its head, that he is breathing new life into the stories of scripture that have begun to weigh us down. My story is weighing me down. They aren't saying that he has cured women of the unmentionable ailments that plague them. I'm holding on to hope that the reason they're not saying it is because the people are too uncomfortable and not because he can't be bothered with such things. 
there are rumors that tomorrow he'll be here in our town. I am almost resolved to go and see him. Almost. One question holds me back. If I go and brave the contempt, the scorn of those around me for the blatant femaleness of my body, if I go and I reach out like Mother Eve, even just to touch the hem of his robe, will I be cursed as she was? Her story is weighing me down. Oh, Jesus. Can I trust him to breathe new life into me, too? Amen. In this time when we are unable to physically gather for communion, please receive these words of institution that go beyond the walls of a single place. Let us take communion with the great cloud of witnesses that transcends time and place. When Christ broke the bread and poured the wine, when he proclaimed that these common items of sustenance were in truth his body and his blood given to sustain the world. He was not instituting a ritual. He was not limiting himself only to bread and only to wine, much less only the bread and wine blessed by a priest or preacher. When Jesus said, this is my body broken for you, it was not a limitation, but an invitation, an invitation to see Christ in all things. He was not saying, I am here only, but rather, learn to see me here, that you might see me everywhere. It was an invitation to open our eyes to the presence of Christ in things as extraordinary as the heavens and as ordinary as bread. It was an invitation to be sustained by his presence in all things. Whenever you do this, whenever you break bread, remember me. And likewise, when Jesus said, this is the new covenant sealed by my poured out life, he gave us a window into a new world into a world in which all embracing grace was not a prize to be earned, but a gift, the divine birthright of all humanity. It was an invitation to remember loving compassion in all things. Whenever you do this, something as common as drinking from a cup of wine, remember me. One author said this week online that the whole idea of social distancing goes against our sacred intuitions as people of God, people that often experience God only in the form of relationship. But in this age of connection and technology, 
We have the ability to make this the most social, social distancing possible. The passing of the peace is a very old element of worship, one that doesn't appear in our liturgy at Northminster. But in this moment when so many may be feeling lonely, isolated, and anxious, it seems more important than ever. So I invite you to take just a moment to call someone to mind, someone you think may need connecting with right now, or someone you may need to connect with. I want to give us about 10 seconds of silence and pay attention to what faces or people come to mind. Now, whoever you thought of, please take just a minute once the stream closes to send them a text, give them a call, send them a Facebook message, however you want to connect. Because this is part of what it means to be the church in a season like this. Beloved, as you begin this new week, may the peace of Christ uphold you. May the love of this community enfold you, and may the grace of God sustain you, whatever tomorrow may bring. You are seen, you are loved. Go in peace. Amen. All right.